Welcome to the podcast of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta, where we are committed to changing lives with faith, hope, and love. We're so glad you are here. A second scripture lesson from the New Testament book of Acts. Acts chapter 11, verses 1 to 18. With this reading, we continue a sermon series. Each, each sermon this summer have been based in the book of Acts. And so today we continue following the disciples who are moved by the Holy Spirit to take the gospel out into the world. Again, I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. Now the apostles and the brothers and sisters who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also accepted the word of God. So, when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him, saying, Why did you go to uncircumcised men and eat with them? Then Peter began to explain it to them, step by step, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. There was something like a large sheet coming down from heaven, being lowered by its four corners, and it came close to me. As I looked at it closely, I saw four-footed animals, beasts of prey, reptiles, and birds of the air. I also heard a voice saying to me, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. But I replied, By no means, Lord, for nothing profane or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But a second time, the voice answered from heaven, What God has made clean, you must not call profane. This happened three times, then everything was pulled up again to heaven. At that very moment, three men sent sent to me from Caesarea arrived at the house where we were. The Spirit told me to go with them and not to make a distinction between them and us. These six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen the angel standing in his house and saying, Send to Joppa and bring Simon, who is called Peter. He will give you a message by which you and your entire household will be saved. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them just as it had upon us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave them the same gift that he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could hinder God? When they heard this, they were silenced, and they praised God, saying, Then God has given, even to the Gentiles... The repentance that leads to life. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I was raised in a potato family, but I have married into a a rice family. (laughs) Do you know what I mean by that? Sarah and her family have rice in most every meal. This was the case in the childhood home of Joanna Edelwein as well. Her family joined our church just a few years ago. And growing up, Joanna's mother cooked rice with salt and garlic, nothing else. Yet in her husband's, uh, her husband Michael's family, his mother would throw anything into the rice pot. Cilantro, oregano, onions, all kinds of herbs and spices. Now today... 
Joanna has, has grown to see and understand that there are many ways to cook rice. There are many ways to be a family. There are even many ways to be a Christian. But there is a part of every single one of us who believes that the way we cooked rice growing up is the right way to cook rice. That's how it was with my grandmother and mayonnaise. Duke's mayonnaise is superior, she used to say. She didn't say, I like Duke's mayonnaise the best or, or Duke's mayonnaise is the most delicious to me. Instead, she said, Duke's mayonnaise is superior as though it were in objective truth. And so I can imagine that she would have preferred I marry a woman with a, a criminal record than one who used Hellman's mayonnaise or a miracle whip. <laughs> what was it in your family? What were the things that you grew up doing that seemed to you not what your family always did, but what every family ought to do? For Peter, it wasn't just rice or mayonnaise, but an entire dietary code. The kosher food laws he grew up with were not just typical of his family, but the standard of his neighborhood and the only way to eat according to the priesthood. He had been raised to believe that some food is unclean and that those who eat things like shrimp, oysters, ham, pork rinds are not just different, but unclean themselves. Still, the Spirit pushed him towards Cornelius, a Gentile. Peter fell into a trance and saw the heaven open. There was a sheet coming down from heaven full of beasts. He'd never dream of eating. Yet, he heard a voice from heaven saying, Peter, do not call unclean what God has made clean. Have you ever been there? The year after I graduated college and before I started seminary, I worked for a high-end lawn maintenance company in Atlanta. Sarah and I had, had just gotten married. We rented a tiny one-bedroom apartment, which was all that we could afford on the $7.50 I made per hour. One morning, I was driving up to the shop a few minutes before 7 a.m., and I noticed that a rabbit jumped out into the road and that the car in front of me hit it and killed it. I didn't think much more about it. I pulled into my normal parking spot and started loading up the lawnmowers, weed eaters, and edgers onto the truck I was assigned to drive. Only then I looked up to see one of the guys on my crew riding up on his bicycle, one hand on the handlebars, the other holding the rear legs of that rabbit. Before he would start helping me load the truck, he, he wanted to skin and clean the rabbit, clean it off with water from the garden hose. Getting into the truck, he convinced me to stop by his apartment on our way to our first job so he could put the rabbit in his refrigerator. I guess all that happened on a Tuesday. At the end of the week on Friday, my coworker with the rabbit invited me back to his apartment for drinks and something to eat. Now, how about that? <laughs> uh, what would you do? What did Peter do? 
Cornelius called together his relatives and close friends and was expecting Peter to come. Would Peter go? Cornelius ate things that Peter had never thought about eating. Hedgehogs, for example, spread across Western Europe because Roman soldiers like Cornelius ate them and brought them during the military campaigns. Yet scripture tells us that Cornelius was a devout man who feared God with all his household. He gave alms to the people and prayed constantly to God. Peter wouldn't have known any of that. All that Peter knew was that centurions had occupied his homeland. All Peter knew is that centurions ate things like hedgehogs and they pushed his father around in the marketplace. And they whistled at his mother and his sisters. And should he have two coins to rub together growing up, a Roman soldier might have shooken him down for both. More than that, by Pilate's orders, centurions nailed his Savior to the cross and stood to make sure that no one helped him. What are we to say about these things? Peter didn't know that Cornelius and his kind of people were also standing there when Jesus said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. And when a centurion saw what had had happened, he praised God and said, Certainly this man was innocent. Did Peter hear the centurion say that? I doubt it. And this is one of the many great challenges of human relationships. We think we know people. We uh, prejudicially believe that we can learn something about them based on how they keep up their lawn or, or what they eat. Yet the Spirit is always pushing us to really get to know people. And so the, pe- so the Spirit pushed Peter to get to know Cornelius. It is another example of what Mary Ellen Nunn used to say, that the Lord often works in mischievous ways. Did y'all ever hear her say that? For the Spirit is always pushing us out of our comfort zones, beyond our prejudices, and towards those we, we think we don't have anything in common with to find out that we do. When I accepted the invitation to eat rabbit tacos with my lawn maintenance friend, that's about what happened. That day we just had steak tacos. They had eaten the rabbit earlier in the week. But as we shared a meal, my co-worker and the group of guys he lived with, as we broke bread together, you can imagine what happened to me. My eyes were Opened not to what was different, but to what was exactly the same. That we all had the same dreams. That we all loved our families. That we all had the same hopes. That day and every other time those guys invited me over, we just laughed and we told stories. One afternoon, I invited that crew over to our apartment. And one said in Spanish, something I couldn't, couldn't quite understand. I asked another to translate, and he told me that what this man was saying was, I've never been in a white person's house before. 
I've been in their yard, but I've never been in their house. That was a sacred moment for me. It made our little dining room table feel like hollowed ground, which is the power of the Holy Spirit. And that power comes to us whenever such relationships are formed. However, we resist. In our first scripture lesson, Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. In our second scripture lesson, when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him, saying, why do you go to uncircumcised men to eat with them? Peter was criticized for this. It doesn't sound very much to me like the way we ought to remember Jesus who was known to eat with tax collectors and sinners. No, this sounds more like the middle school cafeteria or the first bus ride of Forrest Gump, row after row of half-empty seats, yet you can't sit here is all that he heard. Therefore, I call on you to think about the sacred power of the dinner table today. For when bread is broken, bridges are built. Relationships form and people who think they are different from each other find out what all they have in common and find out that what they have in common matters far more than what divides them. I also ask you to imagine... to imagine if the church of Jesus Christ were defined not by her members' words or support of political policy, but by gracious dinner invitations and amazing relationships built over social divides. And we've been talking about food today, but food does much more than feed the body. So in our world today, as the news focuses our attention on what makes us different and how those on the other side from us are not just wrong in their opinions, but unclean, unlovable, wrong in body, wrong in soul, I call on you to preach a different sermon than the one you hear on the news. But what we hear on the news is dangerous. And it doesn't represent the way of Jesus. Therefore, I call on you to remember Peter and Cornelius. And to remember what happened when he stopped calling unclean what God had made clean. And I ask you to try something that you've never tried before this week. That's your homework. What's a restaurant nearby you that serves rabbit? <laughs> you might have to drive over to Alabama to get it fresh <laughs> off the road. <laughs> but I guarantee you there is a place close to your home that serves a different kind of food than the food that you're used to eating. Might be served by people who look a little different than the kind of people you're used to eating with. Think about an interesting place nearby you that you've never been to before. Write it down on your bulletin. Go ahead and write it down. If you can't think of one off the top of your head, 
Just go to Pollo Dorado on Sandtown Road. It's a Mexican restaurant. They serve rotisserie chicken. And they have the best potato salad that you've ever eaten. Am I wrong? Yeah. Or you can go to way over there on the loop for Sichuan Chinese food. Just go someplace where no one on the wait staff looks like you and prove to them that people who look the way you do are kind and loving. Ask your waiter about his favorite dish on the menu. Learn his name. Tell him thank you. Give him a good tip. And learn something that he has in common with you, knowing that God has given, even to the Gentiles, the repentance that leads to life. Amen. This podcast is a ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Marietta. Come join us Sundays at 189 Church Street, Marietta, Georgia or visit us online at fpcmarietta.org.